for the rest of this, I demand that uh, I be allowed to call you ADHD and you call me autism. Welcome to the Horror Talk Podcast, the podcast where we show our special guest a horror movie without giving them any information about it ahead of time. I'm your host, Dakota Jones, and as always, I'm here to guide you and our special guest through the bizarre and fantastic horror films you might have missed. Today's special guest is Ooh Woo Girl and Weeb at Large, Lily. Lily, welcome to the podcast. Hi, I'm Lily. Uh, that was a rather rude introduction, but not inaccurate. Irena by Marina. Yeah, no, like I said, it's it's rude, not inaccurate. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, Marina goes, how are you going to introduce Lily to the podcast? And I was like, uh, ooh-woo, sad girl, and bossy bottom. And Marina's like, the first part's fine. Yeah, bottom doesn't really apply anymore. I do other things. Marina's going to keep that in. <laughs> I know, I'm aware. Um, I mean, the world at large should know that I'm a switch. So, you don't like horror movies like I like horror movies, although that's really, there's a niche demographic of people who were into horror movies the way I am, but you're not into them, yeah? No, that's correct. My My type of horror is more like something weird, kind of beyond the veil, Cosmic horror or existential horror. Okay, so I don't know if you have any favorites off the top of your head, but in the vein of those things, could you like describe to me what you like with those genres? So here's the thing. I'm an absolute Philistine when it comes to movies. And I recognize the genres as they apply to video games or tabletop role-playing games. That's fair. So, like, Numenara, uh, the character Hermias Mora from the Elder Scrolls series, um, you know, he's all about tentacles and knowledge and creepy shit. As most people are on the internet these days. Hell yeah. Okay, so, first question, do you believe in ghosts? Maybe. Why just maybe? Um, it's not a phenomenon I've ever really experienced or seen any actual evidence for beyond the time that uh, some spooky shit happened in a basement of an apartment I was staying at with a couple other people. But I don't have credible evidence that they weren't just fucking pranking me. That's fair. So, like, maybe. I don't know. I, I also don't think that my lack of knowledge on something is, permits me to be able to say definitely, no, that doesn't exist. Okay. I actually, uh, the, I've had, like, two experiences. One I'll save for a later time because it's actually frightening to me. The other time though uh, I was in my apartment in Muncie and I went to turn off the kitchen light and another hand was on top of mine that helped turn the light off and I was like and I looked around and I said Jesse are you home? And he opened his door and was like yes and I'm like there's no way you could have ran to your room, shut the door without me hearing it in these few seconds. And I was like, cool, got it. Okay. All right. That's fine. That is mildly terrifying. I feel now compelled to share my story. Um, I was living with two people, Micah and Rachel. They were a, a couple in dating and they were more into spooky shit than I was, especially at the time. Um, we lived in an old, old house in kind of north of downtown Indianapolis. And in the basement, uh, we thought we knew everything that was down there. One day we realized that along the back wall, it wasn't just a wall, there was a door in it. So we opened it and there were some really weird things in there. That uh, your first problem was opening the door. That's where the coal chute was. Um, that's where uh, a Panera advertisement was, like a steel, uh, like a steel advertisement for Panera. An old bicycle, some toiletries like shampoo and conditioner, uh, the old boiler, 
and an American doll still in the box. Nope. Uh-uh. Nope. <laughs> so we closed it. We left everything where it was. We didn't really, like, take anything with us. But after that, uh, the light in the basement started turning on when no one had been down there. And we'd go down, and the door would be open again, even though it was latched from the outside. It's a big no for me. So this went on, and my, my cat, cat bug, uh, my, my beautiful midnight prince, uh, he started talking under the door to the basement pretty frequently after this as well. So my, my roommate Micah went downstairs and he goes, hey, I, I know it's kind of lonely down here, but uh, this is an old light bulb. It costs a lot for electricity. Uh, if we leave the door open, will you stop turning the lights off? And he turned the light off, left the door open, came upstairs and shut that door, and we didn't have any problems after that. I'm glad that went well, although me as someone who has seen a ton of horror movies, I see that and I'm like, no, I, there, there's nothing behind that door that I would ever need to know about. It's fine where it is. So you can see, though, why I would be skeptical about it. That's fair. And consider it a possible prank, although I don't know one way or the other. Uh... Marina and I were talking about uh, ghost stuff, and I was like, do you realize the large amount of things that I've avoided? And Marina goes, like, what? And I was like, anytime I hear a noise, or I feel something's out, or I'm not sure, I immediately walk away or go back to sleep, because that's how white people get into trouble. <laughs> Absolutely. Um me personally, I'm a absolute scaredy cat. I still run up the stairs sometimes in the dark. Um, if the lights are out in my bedroom, I have to like get into bed quickly because that's the only safe place. And I realize that those are things that like children do. But at the same time, I have such an overactive imagination that I just, I can't deal with it sometimes. And that's one of the reasons I don't like horror as a as a blanket statement. No, and you're not the only person who feels that way. I think we've maybe on the podcast had two people out of all the episodes we've recorded so far that actually like horror movies because almost every single other guest is like, that's not really their thing or they're not really into it. But thankfully I found something that like everybody can enjoy which, uh, before I get to this, uh, let me ask my second question. Do you think we as a culture would be better off if we gave people their names based on the characteristics of that person? No, I think that would go horribly and it would be used quite mal maliciously. So you you think that there would be no benefit? Like if you were looking at a group of people and they're like, uh, this is uh, this is Kung Fu and this is stomach, you wouldn't be like, oh, that I'm going to remember these. Great. No problem. I think that's a terrible idea. Uh, in fact, <laughs> uh, earlier this morning, I was talking with Marina um, about how conservatives refuse to, like, ask people for their pronouns, which is such, such a simple fucking thing, right? You say, hey, what are your, what are your proffered pronies, right? And it's that simple. It's like asking somebody's name. So if conservatives aren't willing to make that effort of one question, why shouldn't I follow suit and just, when I see people, assign them a name that I think fits them? Like, hey... You look like a Derek. I don't give a fuck what your name is. You're Derek now. You, I, I understand the point you're making. However, I'm going to go into the office tomorrow and be like, sup, Derek. <laughs> and just start calling people Derek. And they're going to be like, what are you calling me Derek for? And I'm like, you look like a Derek. You look like a Derek. <laughs> I'm seriously going to do that tomorrow. Well, I'm well aware. <laughs> I know exactly what monster I have created. Uh, so that being said, I am going to show you a movie that I will bet money on to guarantee that you're going to like this movie. It is a 1977 Japanese horror film called House. 
not to be confused with the TV show with Hugh Laurie and not to be confused with the equally amazing series called House, which is an American movie that has nothing to do with this one. They are completely different. Although House 2, the second story, is fucking amazing because it has a big old caterpillar and him have a puppy face and he's adorable. There's also dinosaurs in the movie and old cowboys. I love House 2. That sounds fucking rad. And can we spend 20 seconds and just talk about how House 2, the second story, is the dumbest name for a movie ever and that I fucking love it? Yeah. It's great. Uh, so there's actually four house movies. The first one's okay. It's all right. Do you have a third question for me? No, I don't because I'm just so goddamn excited to go into this. So this is actually for the podcast. Uh, it's our first foreign horror film. It's a wonderful Japanese film. And you might be excited to know that this was made by Toho Studios which is uh, the original studio that did, like, all the Godzilla movies. Oh, yeah, yeah. So uh, this movie's so fantastic, and I'm so excited to show you. I love showing this movie to anybody. I love this movie so much. So er, are you ready to get spoopy? I'm ready. Let's do it. Yay! Our guests are going into the movie blind, but here's your chance to hear a full summary of the film. Be forewarned that this is the entire plot of the film, so spoilers galore. Also, if you haven't seen the movie, just pause the podcast right now and come back after you've watched it. Don't come to us saying that we gave away plot details. Also, this movie's been out for a while. You've had plenty of time to watch it. House is a 1977 Japanese experimental horror film directed and produced by Obayashi Nobuhiko. It stars Ikegami Kimiko as Gorgeous, Jinbo Miki as Kung Fu, Matsubara Ai as Prof, Oba Kumiko as Fantasy, Sato Mieko as Mac, Miyako Masayo as Sweet, Tanaka Eriko as Melody, Minamira Yoko as Auntie, and Ozaki Kiyohiko as Mr. Keisuke Togo. The film starts off with our protagonist, Gorgeous, planning a summer vacation with her father, who is away on business. When he returns home, she learns that he has recently remarried and plans to take his new wife on vacation with them. Gorgeous is upset by this news, and she writes a letter to her elderly aunt asking if she and her friends can come visit for the summer instead. Gorgeous and her six friends, whose names all describe an attribute of their personality, decide to head to her aunt's house. However, they quickly learn that her aunt has been very ill and notice her house is in extremely dilapidated and messy. Auntie uses a wheelchair and spends most of her time playing piano. She also has an excellent fluffy white cat, and everyone loves Blanche the fluffy white cat. The girls begin cleaning, cooking, and generally trying to get the house in order when, one by one, they start dying under mysterious circumstances. Mac is the first to die by being decapitated, and her disembodied head flies around trying to bite the other girls on the butt. Blanche, the cat, continues to be perfect and adorable. The general spooky vibes of the house intensify, and the girls are attacked and possessed by a variety of household items. They try to escape, but find out that they're now locked in. Melody decides to play the obviously haunted piano, which eats her whole after biting her fingers off. Upstairs in the house, Kung Fu and Prof find Gorgeous wearing a wedding dress with her aunt's diary. The remaining girls barricade the door, but Gorgeous's giant disembodied head interrupts them to reveal that her aunt is really a spirit who eats unmarried girls who come to her home. Things get really murky from here, and this is definitely the kind of movie you need to actually watch to really understand, but it ends with Gorgeous and her friends inhabiting the house of spirits and a monologue on love. House is truly a work of art. It uses incredibly diverse filmmaking techniques, yet manages to do so in a way that is coherent in its context. Blanche, the cat, is featured heavily in this film and is an excellent example of the whimsy that makes it such a fun watch. House does not require much thinking, and I highly recommend it for an enchanting, head-empty, no-thoughts-good-time. 
Hi, I'm Marina, the editor of Horror Talk Podcast, and these are a few of my favorite moments from Dakota and our guest watching the movie. So the Criterion did a beautiful restoration of this film, which I actually have the Blu-ray for, but most of the time, if I can find a copy of the film uh, digitally, I'll try. It's easier to show people it, but a lot of horror movies I have, you can only do on like physical media. A movie? One singular movie? Oh, Oh, the little teeth are cute. Oh, this is great. It's actually one of my favorite soundtracks for a horror film. Like, the whole soundtrack is amazing. Nice win, bro. (laughs) In case you were wondering, her name is Fantasy, and her name is Gorgeous. Yeah, I mean, so naming and etymology of names is weird. Um, I mean, our names mean things, but, like, we take our name meanings less literally. You know, you talk about, like, a name like Gabriel, right? From Hebrew, it's Gabriel, the strength of God, right? Sure. So it's it's not that weird that Japanese names have meanings like that. What's up, horsecock? <laughs> Okay, just because that was my nickname in middle school. Okay, so who is this lesbian PE teacher? Uh, she's getting married to Mr. Togo. What I think is weird about the names is that they translate them instead of just putting a transliteration and spelling it out. Uh, so, like, a a name like, um, Hanako literally means, like, flower child or small flower, but... You could just put H-A-N-A-K-O and not be weird about it. I love that painted background so much. It's really pretty. I was just thinking that too. This, you'll come to find out this movie used like almost every single kind of medium that there was for movie making. There's blue screen, there's stop motion, there's animation, there's painted backgrounds, there's rotoscope. Like it's everything is in this movie. That's really cool and fun. Where the hell are they that they're on this rich-ass balcony with nothing in the distance? Is this like a beachside resort? Uh, so it's alluded that like her dad is in the movie business, so they're like very well off, but they never say like specifically where. Who is this uh, Princess Leia looking? The mother in the, in the situation? No. Oh. Uh... Her, oh, is that stepmommy? Not quite yet, but the dad's interested. Okay. Also, why haven't you decorated your house like this? Me, personally? Yeah. Uh, monetary limitations. There's Ikea. Oh, there is Ikea. We should go to Ikea after this. And just redo the entire house? Yes, right now. Then I certainly have the money after purchasing a new car. Then we can watch Fight Club. Oh, please let's not. You know why I say that, right? No. Do you tell? Oh, because in the Blu-rays and DVDs, uh, it shows all the Ikea furniture in his house. Like, it's a catalog. And it's, like, a main plot point that, like, every paycheck he goes out and, like, buys Ikea furniture. So his entire apartment is Ikea. But, like, late 90s, early 2000s Ikea. Okay, yeah. (sighs) I throw ball good. I do sports. Uh, no one understands. It was such an exaggerated throw. I do love these roses in her room. That was a really interesting transition. <laughs> was was that a rewind in time or a fast forward or? I think they were trying to do uh, the Linda Carter Wonder Woman thing where she like um... spins. I say that all the time too. <laughs> Dad's disappointed us. Well. I mean... You don't have that problem. <laughs> I wouldn't say that, but... In the sense dis- of remarrying. Those disappointments are different. <laughs> smaller, smaller disappointments to my father. Such as cooking? Uh, his cooking's actually pretty decent. He did the most of it when I was growing up. From all the horror stories I've heard of preparing oh, meals. No, correct. Yeah. Uh, no, his, his cooking. One of the biggest problems with my dad's cooking is that um, he forgets what I'm allergic to. 
You like melons? <laughs> Do you like melons, son? Oh, I love that cat. What a good cat. Yeah, you're gonna get more of that cat. Oh, excellent. Good. I mean, that cat is the poster. Excellent. And here are all the other characters. Obviously, the person who likes music is Melody. Lovely. And the girl who's athletic is Kung Fu. <laughs> Uh, the girl who's smart is Prof. Sweets, just nice, I guess. They really don't delve that much in, and the girl who likes to eat is Mac, like stomach. Or, quite possibly, McDonald's. Uh, they've, Could be a reference. they've clarified that it is oh. stomach. Oh, lovely. So these sound more like nicknames than actual names to me? Well, <laughs> no. Is that not the case? No, that's their names. That is Buck Wild. <laughs> You're going to find out why a lot of things in this movie are the way they are when we get to the end. Because I'm going to like drop you with some behind the scenes info and you're going to be like, oh, that makes sense. For the rest of this, I demand that uh, I be allowed to call you ADHD and you call me autism. Just a touch of tism. Oh. Riz as in charisma? No, I've got the tiz. <laughs> I think Rizzy would be a better. Rizzy sounds good. Rizzy? They've got that Rizzy Raz. That sounds like a shitty burlesque name. This is Rizzy Raz. She's also a late night DJ, a mechanic, and is the team captain of the roller derby. This is what the original poster looks like. So yeah, that cat is all over the movie. Oh, that, that cat is beautiful. I love that cat. That is a Persephone petticoat if I ever saw one. Hearing your cats bite in the background just really adds to the movie. That's perfect. Hi, random baby. Get away from my child! Who, who leaves their baby unattended that a high schooler can run by and, like, pat their cheek? They have balloons watching them. Any person is like, oh, I can't wait to snatch this baby. Oh, balloons. Can't do balloons. anything. Can't fuck with balloons. It's like the swiper no swiping. They're like, well, mm -hmm. that's it. Can't do it. God, that cat is so sweet. Her name Blanche. But you are in the chair, aren't you, Blanche? Do we get the rest of the Golden Girls? Oh, I was making a whatever happened to Baby Jane reference, but sure. <laughs> There's a Betty White and a B. Arthur. Oh, we should do an all-cats remake of the Golden Girls, but have it be like the recent Cats movie. I honestly, everyone I've talked to about the Cats movie, I'm like, if they just had actual cats and then just played the music over, I would have loved that movie so much. Oh, that would actually be really good. Well, it's they... scarf weather, but I don't need sleeves. <laughs> I'm awfully cold. Good thing this scarf is warming only my neck. That hanging chair is so impractical. impractical. Can you imagine sitting in that, how uncomfortable it could be? Well, due to someone with some thick cake yes yes i do yeah sitting in chairs is often a problem for me but again that's because of the neurodiversity and you know i sit like a gremlin oh and the queerness yeah that too i 100 percent identify with the guy reading the horror movies book because we have the same fashion sense i was literally about to ask how you made it in this film isn't this movie amazing it's really good I wish the listeners could hear how big my grin is right now. It's large. Is that a nun? Uh, there's two of them, yes. Delightful. Two BLTs, that's double fisting. So, interestingly there, they say bakeneko, which doesn't mean witch cat, it's more like ghost cat, and it's a type of traditional Japanese yokai, or like demon or... Ghost? I'm aware of the uh, the one Japanese ghost creature type lore that I'm very well aware of is the one you need to like constantly like be taking care of your house or things like that. There's a lot of really interesting ones though. I think Japanese folklore is actually some of the most interesting folklore out there. Oh, that's uh, really rad. Second only to American folklore because I think we've got the I would argue we have the best creatures. We have some wild shit. A quick thing. That's Gorgeous's mom. That's her aunt yeah. uh, that they're going to stay at. And basically, the aunt's husband made a promise that he would come back from the war, and he never came back from the war. Yeah. 
feel like I needed to bullet point that because uh, get ready for there to be very little plot for the rest of the movie. Excellent. That's perfect for me. I am running uh, Simbo.exe right now. Do you see Persephone Petticoat is painted on the side of the bus? Yes. Also, that was a shaky-ass bus from the inside. They got, like, Indianapolis roads out there. So, speaking of Indiana, do you happen to know what our cryptid is? I do not. Please, please educate me. A big-ass turtle. That's delightful. It's just a big turtle. Interestingly, when I was a child, a snapping turtle almost took my finger off. Uh, A friend from my neighborhood and I used to go to the local pond and catch turtles and frogs and stuff, like the children we were. And one time we caught a snapping turtle that broke one of our nets. Not the actual net, but the frame, the aluminum frame. Yeah. And uh, we did finally catch him, but we had to let him go because we can't do anything with a giant snapping turtle, right? Uh, When we did, we wanted to mark him, so I ran up and put a piece of duct tape on his back. And when I tell you this turtle jumped up and did a 180 in the air and was maybe an inch from my finger with with his mouth, it was terrifying. This is the composer of the film, who is the resident watermelon salesman. Love that. I love that they're getting everyone involved in the production in the movie as well. There it is. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> and roll credits. I just noticed how bad the blue screen was on that part. It was really bad, but it was really pretty in the background. And also, creepy house on the hill. Should maybe be the first sign. I love the uh, the traditional Japanese theater sounds in the background there. The ting 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 ting. Yes, yes. Very dramatic. Very appropriate. Clearly in the outdoors and not in a studio. Ah, yes, a very real background. I made her twelve year old watch this, and every time it happened, I kept being like, "Ah, yes, a very real background." And got so mad halfway during the movie, and was like, "Is any background real, Dakota?" <laughs> and she's got a point. <laughs> Backgrounds as real as the thin layer of causality that underlies porn. Oh, she creepy. Love it. It you in thirty years. You're like, I'm just at my seaside Japanese house with my big old white cat. Mm-hmm. Major, major uh, cottagecore vibes going on with the house, but make it spooky. Big fan. Also, that is the cutest wheelchair I have ever seen in my life. I'm sorry your camera broke, but I'm really glad that you all came, so forget about it. Smile. What a watermelon! Raves USA Today! <laughs> I gotta say, I'm not a fan of the fat shaming in this. Oh, we're about to come to my actual favorite piece of, like, music and not a song. Like, I love this bit of music. It's Kung Fu's music. I... Now eat that lizard. What? I mean, no, that cat deserves that lizard. Don't you dare shame that cat for eating that lizard. How do you get up those stairs? That's a real question. No, that is legit. Apparently she doesn't, based on the number of cobwebs on this piano that she uses to teach neighbors, apparently. She used to. Used to. Thank you. Also, witch hat. Also, the fact that there's so much cobwebs on there, but she's like, yeah, it's perfectly tuned. I mean, that's the dream. Honestly, that's how I felt about my dick for a long time when I wasn't fucking. Just dusty and out of tune. Dusty, but in tune. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I really want to know the person who is on the crew who is cat thrower. <laughs> cat tosser. I hope that there's... cat's also super patient. Please tell me that, that pussy thrower is in the credits. I feel like that would be a great insult to start using. You fucking pussy tosser. <laughs> call that to like butch lesbians i like the we have salad tosser and then pussy tosser (laughs) nothing in between what's the difference well one's bussy and one's pussy that's true that's true she's like what are those kids doing on my house And they're like ah kung fu's probably just kicking in your fucking infrastructure and she goes 
that's not fucking cool. <laughs> I love the painting of the cat. Oh, you uh, you will see many more. I love that. I'm a big fan of this. Based on the cat content alone, 10 out of 10 so far. Oh, big stretch. She's cute with... I hate that trope that I've seen through, like, so much where they're like, you'd be prettier without glasses. And I was like, they're more attractive with glasses. There's actually a lot of content out there now about being more attractive with glasses. Yeah, now. But mostly it's fetish-based. Aw, baby, what up? You don't got perfect vision? Fuck. (laughs) Holy shit, you have glasses? My favorite disability. Whoa. Oh yeah, Mac's dead now. How did Mac die? Yep. Okay. I've heard about ass eaters, but this is ridiculous. You want head? Oh, a human head. I mean, human head's fine if you're not, like, into monster fucking. I love that that was line delivery. A head. A human head. A decapitated human head. You know, we've discovered a decapitated human head, um, as described by the progression earlier. You know what we should do is split up. Where did she get a maid outfit? Did she just bring a maid outfit on vacation with her? Why are you asking so many questions? I I love cleaning so much I brought a maid uniform on vacation with me so I could clean. Perks up ass. Yeah, this movie is going to be so many weebs kinks, like all in one. It really does. If you're a weeb, you're going to find an archetype you like. I mean, it does have all of the, uh, all the trope characters. Oh, no way, this well has Kool-Aid. Mmm, big fucking room with old dolls. That's a no for me. Ooh, super safe space. I really want to go to, like, a Japanese bathhouse so much. Whether it be with Yakuza's or whether it be from Spirited Away. You know the one Ghibli movie that, like, it's iconic, but, like, I don't think has that good of a plot and the characters aren't that good is, uh, My Neighbor Totoro. Like, I know the story behind it and why, uh, they made it, and I love the Totoro and Cat Bus. Like, I love those things, but, like, there's very little of that and mostly the two sisters and their dad and, like, their new home in the country. Those don't sound like cicadas. Vaguely, more like I can't believe it's not cicadas. I think Kung Fu is so hot in this movie. Her and, well, actually, I think Prof is the most attractive one. (laughs) Because also the glasses, and also I'm like, oh, you nerdy. Okay, but hear me out. Tomboys. (laughs) I, I want her to come back out of the fridge and be like, way to break my fucking dishes. Those were from the Ming Dynasty. Looks to the, the audience. direct eye contact with the audience. Shh. Wink. Tell me you won't look up this soundtrack later. Oh, I absolutely will. This is this is pre-internet like cat remix. Cat auto-tune remix, and it's delightful. Literally never seen someone hold a hairbrush that way. Just like like a phone. Why is she holding it like a phone? She had it up to her ear like a phone. Oh, like the cat again. That cat be everywhere. That cat be everywhere. The movie. I like that she's playing and literally everyone in the house is like, I was trying to go to fucking bed, but I guess I'm awake now. You know they haven't even introduced them to their rooms. So, when I was a kid, my parents had a ring-necked dove. Oh, I love those skeletons. Whoa, oh, shaking my bones now. To be fair, if there was a skeleton that would dance when I played my bass guitar, that would be fucking rad. But yes, we had a dove when I was young, and whenever my friends stayed over, it haunted the shit out of them because it would coo at night, and it was a very haunting sound. How long has she been looking at that fucking doll? Ah! The pillows! Not the feathers! (laughs) Cat just tossing pillows and boxes. So now we've got Salad Tosser, 
we've got Pussy Tosser and Pillow Tosser. Pillow Tosser for those people who were demisexual. Hey now, I identified as demisexual for a while. I mean, that was before I found out I was a lesbian. People are like, well, I can't be sexually attracted to someone until I get to know them better. And I'm like, like lots of relationships? Yeah, it'd be like that. But it's also like, for a long time, I didn't like the idea of a hookup because I didn't like my own body. Oh, I, there are many reasons not There's to like hookups. Reasons. Trauma, um, the idea of connecting with someone before stooping them, you know. Stooping? Yeah. Yeah, I would say my record for hookups is like half and half. Half's been like, yeah, it was pretty good. And the other half is like, this has been one of the worst experiences of my life. Uh, my first ever hookup, um, I threw up on a guy's dick. Um, my second, he made uh, my ass bleed. A uh, different guy. Uh, my third hookup ended up being my longest lasting relationship. I like to think that you weren't like trying to suck dick or anything. You just straight threw up. To be fair, it was like my he... first time with an actual dick in my mouth. What blowjob talk in this movie. Sorry, not in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> we are doing it while watching the movie. Man, this remake of Street Fighter sucks. Oh no, a doll and the cat? Sorry, some of these things I've like said in every single episode, now I have to find a way. Cue the... Jeff Goldblum on a, on a Jeep, on a safari. Bits always find a way. If I were in this situation, I too would disassociate about a, a hot person on a horse coming to rescue me. Although or, honestly, it would be just like a horse-sized cat that they would be coming to rescue me on. Like most middle school girls, just a horse. Uh, I love the meme that's like, dragon boys are just horse girls. Oh no, it's it's car boys. Car boys are just horse girls. Uh, I like dragon. I mean, girls can be into dragons too though. I have a friend Look, who I'm has... trying to split up the genders here. <laughs> <laughs> Why? I do like the clarification that we have a full moon. Also, I just want random trellises without any context just in my yard covered in vines. See, I don't solely because I know young teenage boys climb up them. Oh, they won't hold a young teenage boy. Most of them. Mm-mm. Movies have told me otherwise, Lily. What about personal experience? Have you tried? Because I have. We had a lot of trellises growing up. They do not hold your weight. Uh, no, because I feel like most people in my community were also like, them teenage boys ain't coming up to my window at night. I've seen the Dawson's Creek. I know how this plays out. You like that, kids? You like that topical Dawson's Creek reference? That is the best fucking semi I've ever seen. Every semi, if you don't have rhinestones, you're fucking slack. The trucking industry who listens to me on their long hauls are like, that's the last he gets of me. <laughs> but honestly, the majority of your fan base. <laughs> Just long haul truckers. <laughs> yep. I was running a tabletop game last night where... <laughs> Nerd! You can't see, but I knocked Lily's drink out of their hand. set in an alternate reality where the U.S. was divided up into three countries and um, we were the, the game takes place in California and they had a Wisconsin oh so many cats a Wisconsin themed restaurant where every entree and appetizer had cheese in it I'm not mad about that but they weren't like Wisconsin cheese all of them it had queso and like I'm also not mad about this oh no I'm not either but it was ridiculous have you named the restaurant? I did, yeah. I did. I have my idea for it. You go Let ahead. Let me hear and... it. Let me hear it. Cheese Louise. Oh, see. Uh, I, I went ahead or, and... Oh, sorry. Let me put in a second one. It's cheddar than nothing. Jesus. Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's uh... also a good one. <laughs> That's Gouda. <laughs> no, I call it Eagle. For no particular reason, but uh, I do want to note that the villain of that chapter of the game was uh, Charles Entertainment Cheese Jr., the son of Charles Entertainment Cheese, or Chuck E. Cheese, the uh, infamous celebrity trafficking kingpin. Uh, the rat child casino entrepreneur? Yes, yes. Um, Jr. is the uh, Rufus Shinra of child entertainment. Westside!
<laughs> My fingers are gone. I believe they might have a mimic infestation. That's weird, because she should roll with, like, advantage for performance, being Melody. Okay, so some of this perspective indicated that the piano is spinning, but others indicated that it has not moved. How is she still alive? <laughs> you hate when your old-fashioned clock just starts dripping blood, like it's a fucking Slayer song. If you don't have a bear who runs a ramen restaurant on the side of a road, get the fuck out of my face, Lily. <laughs> I did once have a location called the Narcissist Hot Spring, where a duplication of yourself tries to fuck you. I'd be like, you want to watch some movies and like blow each other? And myself would be like, yeah. I'm kind of into Red Dead Redemption 2 right now, maybe later. <laughs> the truth of that? <laughs> the truth. I'm My getting, God! I'm getting real into it. I came upstairs and I was like, Ugh. I was just like out of it. Maria's like, what's wrong? And I was like, I can't find a horse brush at, like at all. And my horse is getting dirty. Him named Brisket. He's my boy. Oh, he's brown cool. and he's got little splatters of white. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I make sure to pet him and give him plenty of oat cakes. Oh, uh, plot. Uh, the ant eats all one married girls who come here. Oh, and there's all the animation. Oh, the shoes are walking by themselves! You have to admit, this would be absolutely terrifying if it happened in real life. Oh yeah, if young Japanese girls came to my house and just started kicking shit, I would be like, WHAT'S GOING ON?! <laughs> Wrestling with your phone? Don't pay more for your phone bills. Switch over to Verizon Wireless. <laughs> I'm surprised you're not, like... On T-Mobile. No, I'm AT&T. AT&T? Okay. Yeah. There's a movie by Panos Cosmatos called uh, Mandy that I think that this and House are the two most be visually beautiful horror films I've ever seen. Banana, banana, bananas everywhere. Man, she's as white as the Republican Party. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nipple. Oh, that's, that's our fourth set of nipples. I like titties. Well, I wouldn't call that a set. That's just one. Maybe she only has the one. Look, this isn't like a reverse total recall, okay? Oh, you don't get that. Okay, well, let me explain. In no, I do, actually. Do you? But not from first-hand experience. I only know it vicariously. Oh, Total Recall is like a great sci-fi movie. Total Recall is like a great sci-fi movie. You can go eat ass, <laughs> you fucking queer. <laughs> oh, hate me. Pretty sure that was the end. <laughs> Just back that ass up at the at the at the denouement. Oh no, there's more. Uh, oh, I, I've gotten into this thing recently big, where big plot point. Hold oh. on, you're about to see. Uh, you remember he was like watermelons, and they turned into a skeleton. And yeah. Mr. Togo was like, bananas, bananas, bananas everywhere. He has turned into a pile of bananas. Delightful. You, you will get no explanation. And that's what actually, I want to point this out. That isn't just a pile of bananas in his car. He has turned into a pile of bananas. No, I saw the hat on top. That's how you know. <laughs> that's how you know. The only way they could have made it more obvious is putting the mutton chops on I mean, that's bananas. how I identified my childhood friend when he turned into a pile of bananas. It's always the hat. That's how you know. Which is why you should always wear a hat in public, so that if you are turned into a pile of bananas, they can identify your corpse. Oh man, I hope there aren't monkeys around. So I've gotten into this thing where, um, instead of mixing metaphors, I make some meme formats. So, there's two wolves inside you. The one I have with your mom and the one I have with your dad. I would not want to fuck either of those people, so you go ahead. <laughs> That was always my comeback to people making, like, the fuck your mom or fuck your dad things. I'm like, you go right ahead. You do that. They need happiness. I feel like the ending's very beautiful, but I feel like it goes on too long. I, I think, yeah, maybe a little long, but it's, it's a good... Oh! oh. That was not planned. Uh, I feel like it's a good ending. It, uh, it gives you time. Because I have cat. Well, they have cat. And it gives you time to let it sink in that this person is also going to die. And the only person, people we have alive, are 
daddy and stepmommy and the students whose names we don't know. No, I know. It's oh, the- Sweet, Melody, no, they're Kung all dead. Fu, Prof. No, they're just sleeping. They only wake up when they're hungry. All right, so uh, that was house. I'm going to go ahead and stop. Okay, we've given you a few bits of info during the film. You've heard a summary, but now it's time for my favorite part, the discussion. Our guests will be providing their review and thoughts on the film while I ask questions and provide everyone with some behind-the-scenes information. Please keep in mind that these are just our opinions. We at the Horror Talk podcast fully support you having your own opinion on the film, so please go and check it out so you can be informed. That being said, let's hear what our special guest has to say. Well, we just finished watching House, so uh, Lily, without going into too much detail, because we'll talk about it later, gut reaction, uh, what'd you think? It was really entertaining. I liked a lot of the cinematography of it. Uh, it used varied techniques in ways that were really eye-catching. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the plot was all over the place, but I don't think that was the point of the film. No. Uh, I liked the cat. The cat was precious and perfect, and don't ever make a horror film without a cat. That's fair. I would recommend watching Pet Cemetery, but Marina has dubbed it the, like, most just downbeat, sad horror film. Do do you know anything about Pet Cemetery? I'm aware that it's a movie about reanimated pet corpses. Yeah, so there's uh there's a, a Native American like burial ground out in these woods in Maine, and if you bury something there, it will come back alive. However, it has been tainted by uh, ancient Native American spirits to where it comes back like soulless and evil. Ah, casual racism, lovely. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's the one of the cats dies and it's a smoky gray cat in the original movie and the mom is the girl from star trek the next generation who dies in the first season oh yeah she's the mom okay when the cat the even reading the book it's ridiculous it's like there's something off with the cat they're like it's hissing at me and i'm like okay that's like it scratched me and i'm like okay that's like it never wants to be held and i'm like okay and that's like it brought me a dead animal and i was like steven these are like normal cat things how is it a zombie cat? But Are I th- all cats zombie cats? Exactly. I think you'll find it adorable in the remake, which is absolutely horseshit. They, when the cat dies and they bring it back to life, it's an adorable cat, but what they do is they just take hair gel and they just, like, scruff him up so he just looks, like, big and crinkly. He is adorable. So the cat was good. The cat was good. No notes for the cat. No notes for the cat. I loved all the cat paintings and the incorporation of the cat's image into the bus, the curtains, all the other places that it appeared that I missed because we were doing bits. It was delightful. So, that being said, this movie was directed and I... Okay, disclaimer. I'm going to say Japanese names. Lily is going to correct me for not pronouncing them correctly. To the best of my ability. However... I know sign language, and I don't know Japanese that well, so apologies. Uh, it's directed by Nubiko Obayashi. Uh, that's Obayashi Nobuhiko. Am I, so you say the last name first, and then the first name? Well, technically, they're, they're reversed in this, probably because of uh, Western conventions for names. Um, but Obayashi is definitely a family name. And Nobuhiko is a a given name. And I see that the others are in the same way. So, he directed it, and before this, he was actually a music video uh, director, which you can tell from, like, the way things are filmed. Oh, for sure. A hundred percent. And so... No, that makes a lot of sense. uh, When they made this, they basically got clearance from Toho Studio, the people who made the Godzilla films, to make the movie. But they were like, we're going to make it, we just don't know when. And they never told him. But because they said, we're going to make it, he went out and just started doing so much press for it. So, like, 
before the movie even came out, there was like a Japanese radio series on it. There was a comic book. There was merchandise. And it had been out for like, all this stuff had been out for a year and a half. So people were very well aware of what House was before they went to even go see it. That's really interesting. So the director believes that the best ideas, the most unfiltered, most creative ideas come from children. And so this entire story was crafted and created by his 12-year-old daughter. That's delightful and sweet. It doesn't make sense now that you're seeing like the character names, how the plot is, how prevalent the cat is that you're like oh yeah a 12 year old girl 100 percent was like this the story it's delightful it's perfect now every single person in the movie like gorgeous kung fu fantasy prof stomach i'm uh, sorry mac sweet and melody i think that's all of them uh, as well as uh, Mr. Uh, Togo and the composers in it, which I pointed out during the movie. Uh, other than like the people who were working on set, he just casted them based on what their personality in the script was, based on who they were as people. It's like none of the people in the movie were like actors and actresses, except for the aunt. She's like a very famous Japanese actress who actually took a big risk because it was seen in the time when this came out that like, doing horror was not very respectable in Japan because it's not deemed as like classical or worthy of being a movie. So she got a lot of hate for it, but she was like, fuck it. It does make sense that they were kind of typecast in a way. Um, I didn't really notice like a, a huge lack of acting ability or anything like that. It's not like they were horrible at it. Yeah, because it's just gal pals being gal pals. Yeah. If you had to pick, what do you think the best part of the movie was? The best part of the movie, um, honestly, I really enjoyed the the watermelon guy. I thought he was he was interesting and strange. I'm not even going to pronounce their name, but the music by Lily, could you read that? Uh, music by uh, Kobayashi Ase or uh, Yoshino Mi. Uh, Kobayashi Ase is the watermelon man, according to the cast list. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I. Honestly, think he's such a weird and fun introduction. Uh, he's like a great character. I think like him and the Toho thing with like uh, Tojo. Sorry, Togo. Togo. Tojo is a Toho is something very different. Well, Toho is the studio, and Tojo is the the emperor during the time of World War Two. Yeah, Toho is also a bullet hell game. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, what was the worst part of the movie for you? Ah, the worst part. Uh, the worst part was that really weird, slow, shaky cam thing they did in the stairwell. Oh, when they were running down and it yeah. was just, yeah, I, that, I can get that. That literally made me dizzy and uncomfortable. Um, and that was just a cinematogra cinematography thing. It wasn't, um, yeah, yeah, I did not like that one bit. So Rotten Tomatoes is based on a 0 to 100% score. What do you think this gets on Rotten Tomatoes as far as, um, like, reviews? Well, my first guess is always 69, but unironically, I'm going to guess 85. Audience score for this is 79%. The critic okay. score for this is 90%. Hot damn. Uh, I think most critics gave it a good review, not based on the content, but just how it's visually stimulating. How it's put together. Yes. I, uh, I feel like I split that difference pretty well, though. You did. Scott Tobias from the AV Club says, House seems born out of uh, restlessness and contempt for the status quo. It's one of those movies that doubles as a piece of film criticism intent on exposing and exploding all the tiresome cliches that commercial cinema constantly recycles. Which is true. Like, people loved this movie in Japan, but, like, Japanese critics fucking hated it because they were like, this is a slap in the face of cinema. Like, this is not what a movie is. Because they think, you know, Kurosawa films, like Seven Samurai and things like that, they're like, that's that's a movie. Oh, but like sure. anything else, they deemed it was ridiculous and awful. For sure. But obviously these people weren't into kink at all. Um, as someone who's into impact play, a slap in the face can be fun. And there's nothing wrong with that. Thank you. Did that pick up? I hope it did. <laughs> um, okay. Do you have a favorite quote from this movie? 
Favorite quote, uh, bananas, bananas, bananas everywhere. That's actually a really good quote, and it's not bad. It's wonderful. Thank you. Uh, mine is definitely have to be, you're so cool, Kung Fu. <laughs> <laughs> Probably largely because you have a crush. Oh, yeah. Uh, Kung Fu and Prof are like the two. Uh, I'm so into them. I'm so into <laughs> them. Oh, my God. Um, who was your favorite girl? Out of all of them. Kung Fu. Because she's she got kick-ass music. Actually, actually, it might be the PE professor. Or PE teacher. That you just see once. That and it's like, how summer months. vacation? I'm getting married. She's She's got a really hot lesbian vibe. Because she's a PE teacher? Also, the way she dresses. Yes. In like an Adidas tracksuit? So in that instance, you're also saying Russian mob members are hot lesbian archetypes? I mean, if they were women dressed in tracksuits, yeah. So, would you recommend this movie, and why? Depends on the audience a little bit. Um, I think that a lot of my gaming friends would really enjoy this. I would not recommend this to my parents. Uh, my mom doesn't deal with tension well, and my dad just wouldn't get it. It's not his thing. I feel like the audience that I would not recommend it to is going to be people who are neurotypical. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. If you're not neurospicy, this movie ain't for you. I feel like it just hits different um, when, you know, your brain works in ways that are empathetic. That's fair. It, it does the thing where it's like, I know you can't focus on plot, so we're doing very little of it, and it's going to be lots of very visually stimulating things. It's going to be so shiny. <laughs> Crows watching this movie being like, fuck yeah. <laughs> now I'm going to get it. Just <laughs> a magpie being, fuck yeah, this is my shit. This fucking slaps. God damn. <laughs> I would recommend this movie because while I was telling Lily during the film, I think this and Panos Cosmatos' film Mandy starring Nicolas Cage is the two most visually stunning and captivating films I've seen in horror. Just horror. If I was talking about like beauty, I mean Wes Anderson's up there as far as like Grand Budapest Hotel, which is my favorite movie. But horror-wise, this goes up there. It's light. It's fun. Uh, it introduces Japanese folklore and ghost stories to people who normally don't get into that sort of thing. It's got so many different visual mediums, beautiful artwork, fantastic characters, and just a soundtrack that fucking slaps. Like, this soundtrack kicks ass. I love it so much. This is a movie I could recommend to people where I'm like, technically it's a horror film, but it's like horror L-I-T-E. It's horror light. It's also a kind of movie that like, if you were having like a nice party, you could like put on in the background and it would just be like fun to have on. Oh, you can, you can zone in or zone out to this at any point in the film, and it makes as much sense as it ever would. I was very confident going into this movie that you were going to enjoy it, and I'm really glad that you did enjoy it, because I feel like this is your kind of shit. It's like Japanese meme, the movie. It's great. And now you'll be able to see those cat memes and be like, I understand that reference. I wonder if it's going to be like the thing where... Um... You hear a reference to something and then you start hearing, seeing it in in the wild, out in society at large. Oh, um, you'll see it. Like when you hear a word. Because I've, I've never seen it before other than when you showed it to me during the film. I had never seen that meme. You had talked to me about it. I'm surprised but... you haven't also seen the meme of uh, the cat painting with its mouth open and the blood coming out. Yeah, I haven't seen that one either. Oh, you're going to it, now. It might be because I don't hang out in places that horror fans do dive um, bars yeah i haven't hung out in dive bars since uh the sinking ship closed I, I loved the sinking ship you know i found out after i transitioned and found out i was sapphic that it was a lesbian hookup spot and i don't know oh, where yeah. one is now and that just disappoints me greatly uh michael's in the dinosaur miniature section the accuracy of that is terrifying <laughs> <laughs> JK, but really, what if we kissed in the dinosaur section of Michael's? There's also perfect. a ramen place next door. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Perfect date day. 
Um, so something I've asked all the guests is to come up with an ending, like a tagline for the podcast. Uh, I'm interested to hear what yours is. Horror talk. It doesn't suck. I immediately you said it sucks. It doesn't suck. It doesn't suck. That's that's always been my favorite way to describe something because it's it's actually high praise. It doesn't suck. It, you talk about like editing software or uh, like a like a phone platform or something, and they all kind of suck. You know these things we have to work with on a daily basis, and to say something doesn't suck is it's genuine praise. As, as someone who also works in, like, PowerPoints and Word documents and Excel oh, yeah. files, I 100% get it doesn't suck. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, for the Horror Talk podcast, I'm your host, Dakota Jones. I'm Lily. It doesn't suck. It doesn't suck. Yeah, I do. <laughs> so does Dakota. Oh, All right, we're done here. Do you like Melon's son?